Welcome to Leveling Up, where you'll learn from leading experts in talent development and explore how leaders in some of the world's most successful businesses approach employee development, manager training, and more. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also listen on our website at levelingup.co. Hello, everyone. We are excited to be here today. My name is Chelsea, and I am here today with Sarah Hatfield. And we are going to be talking to you about mentoring and the value of a mentorship relationship in your leadership development. So I'll go ahead and kick us off. Sarah, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and your interest in this topic? Sure. Um, So this has always been a topic for myself that I've been very passionate about in my career. Um, I've had the privilege of working in human resources operations, the people side of the business for over 15 years in a variety of different industries, both retail, uh, restaurants, um, some hotels, clients, government, and educational institutions. Um, and mentoring is across the board. Um, I've had the privilege of working in human resources operations. Um, all of this can be a huge benefit to all of us. And I think the key to kind of remember with mentoring is it's one of the tools in our resource box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you've talked a lot about some of your mentorship relationships and how they've led you to where you are today and like helped you throughout your career path and also the mentorship relationships you've had yourself. So can you tell us a bit more, how does mentorship actually play a role in your leadership development and how can you consider it one of those strategic tools in your toolbox? Sure. I I think the key thing for me and the way I've looked at it as a leader, as well as somebody that's been a mentee, as well as somebody that's been a mentor is, um, it changes over time. I mean, it flows based on where you are in your career and who the individuals are, but also what you're looking to learn. So um, one of the things I think it's important is what is the role of the mentor? And I think there's really three main type of roles mentors can play. Um, one is coach. And I think as a coach, you're really more that support encouragement. Um, you're there to help reinforce people's decisions or guide them. Um, but you're really playing more that coach role. Um, I think then it moves into more of a role of consultant, depending on if you're in the same organization, um, that if you are a senior leader within an organization and you're mentoring somebody else that's just coming into the organization, um, you play more of a consultant role of guiding them, providing resources, directing them to other tools that they can use within their um, toolbox, their career um, access. Because a lot of times when people are new to an organization or new to their career, they don't know what they don't know. And so that's where mentors become very important. And I think the last stage that mentors kind of evolve into, and I think this is the one where this is after you build a rapport with individuals over a period of time, years, sometimes um, it's more collaborative. And sometimes that's where you can actually have your mentors work with you um, in regards to helping to plan, you know, help make decision-making processes, um, problem solving, um, sometimes being proactive if people want to make a change in career, um, that's where mentors can really come into play because they know what your strengths are, what you've been through, what you, obstacles you've dealt with, and kind of help guide you to those different points. And I don't think going into it, anyone's going to be all three. I think it depends on the need of the mentee as well as what the role of the mentor is and the organizations. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, the consultant can be helpful early in your career. Um, as the mentee, do you think you should try to identify like which type of mentor you're looking for based on where you are in your leadership development or how I think, I think anytime you think you want to ask somebody to be a mentor, you have to think about for yourself, what are you looking to get out of it? You know, what is the need for it? Um, 
different points in my career, I've looked at it for a variety of different reasons. You know, an example of one where I have had this person I consider a mentor now about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to an organization where I was new to the organization, but I was not new in my career. So I was still very seasoned, but the organization was uh, an organization where everyone had been there a long time. I would say several decades. Most people's tenure were 20 plus years and the organization had been around, but I was new to the organization. And so I ended up working with this person very closely. And how I started the mentor relationship was I asked for assistance. I said, I need you to help me understand what's happened in the past. So that as we try to do this change management, that's what my role was for, was to help guide it through bringing it more to the 21st century and doing some more technology-driven things when it wasn't a technology-driven company. Um, I needed that person's guidance and direction of what has worked in the past and what have they tried um, and knowing more the historical perspective. And that's really how it started was using them as a partner um, and getting information from them and learning components of the organization. And to this day, we haven't worked together in probably... We only worked together just less than two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've known each other 15 years. I still talk to them probably at least once a month. Um, and they do the same thing. Now they are in a different point in their career and they'll call and bounce ideas off of me as well. Um, so sometimes I think it switches, yeah. even though I would still consider that person a mentor to me. Um, I think they would tell you at times that I've helped them as well. Yeah, that's great. So you identified the need there, which I, I think mentorship is something that's so exciting that we're almost like, oh, I really want a mentor. I'm excited to grow. But you found a specific need, right? So you needed institutional guidance. You needed right. someone with the experience of the organization. And so that... And I didn't start you. out thinking it was going to be a mentor relationship. Oh, so I think that was the difference. I looked at it as getting a business partner that had experience within the organization. And then it later turned into more of a mentorship relationship. Yep. Do you have a mentor example in your career who you've asked to be your mentor because of a specific need or have they all sort of evolved? Um, I've got several different mentors, but one was more of a specific need. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a gentleman that I've known probably 25 years. They're uh, a professor. Um, They have a PhD in human resources. And how that started out was I wanted their direction and guidance on where they thought I should go in HR um, as I was starting my career. And so, you know, we've kept in touch. Um, we talk probably at least once a month to this day, um, sometimes a couple times, like we talked twice today, um, which is out of the blue. It's kind of weird, ironic, given the fact that we're going to talk about this today. Um, but it originally was going to that person and saying, okay, here's what I'm doing from an education standpoint. Here's where I think I want to go with my career. Where do you think I should go? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think I should do? And so really start off more from a career advice perspective um, of asking them to guide, you know, kind of, as I mentioned before, whether it's a coach, consultant, um, collaborator, and that was more of a consultant, like, Hey, I know you've done all these things. Mm-hmm. What do you think should be the next step or next role? Um, and that's where they guided. And since then it's evolved. So interesting. So the first mentor was a institutional need within the organization. And the second example you gave us was outside of your organization, but to help more with your career focus. Correct. Um, were you intentionally looking outside of your organization for that second mentor? And did you identify them just by finding someone with interesting experience? Well, the interesting part is that person I knew first. So that person's been my mentor for 20, 25 years. So my first need for wanting a true mentorship and really looking for something was where do I, where do I need to go next with my career? Mm -hmm. So um, I have a very unique background. Um, So my first jobs out of college was a buyer for a department store. Um, And so 
I enjoyed that, but I knew I wanted to do things more interacting with people and get more on the HR side. Um, and this person has a PhD in human resources, leadership development aspect. And so I went to them to see, okay, how do I start making more of that transition? Even though I was managing teams to be more focused on HR and to be more focused on where I thought I wanted to go and what aspects of HR did I want to be in? Cause it's very broad. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's one of the easiest ways to test a career focus, to test direction, and something we don't take advantage of enough. Right. Um, so how did you ask that person to be your mentor? Does You knew them beforehand. And you did it, it started off, again, more of a question or need where I wanted their career advice. Mm-hmm. And as we started talking about that, um, it changed more into a conversation, the initial conversation of, okay, is this something where you'd be willing to be a sounding board for me as I continue to make this transition? Because at the time it was a big transition to move from more of an operational driven merchant type role to be much more focused on people. Um, You know, it was very much different for internally with my company that I worked for (laughs) to have them understand why you want to get away from one thing and move into something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And this person had been through it. So it was, um, it was easier to talk to that person than that person provide, uh, kind of guidance and direction and a resource that you could bounce ideas off of. Great. Yeah. So using the words like, you know, you could be willing to be a sounding board and you develop some of that trust and communication before actually asking. Um, so we've discussed some of these stories before, but how have you in the past been asked to be a mentor? Because I know you are mentoring quite a few people yourself. Sure. Um, I think, I think it kind of goes back to what individuals want out of it. So I have been a mentor to individuals, both male and female, um, different levels in the organization, people in management, not people in management. I've also said no to people um, who've asked me to be mentors. And I've said no to individuals who've asked me to be their mentor for a variety of reasons. Um, One stands out is because in the roles I've had, I've been in a position of authority um, to make decisions on promotions and et cetera. And I think people wanted myself to be a mentor thinking it would give them a leg up Mm -hmm. um they also wanted it from i would call bragging rights to say within the organization so sarah's mentoring me and that wasn't the right reasons to ask for a mentor um if somebody has a true desire i always look at it when people ask me to be mentors what are you looking for what are you looking to get out of it if you're trying to develop a specific skill set um you're trying to clarify where you fit into the organization or where do you want to go in your career um you are looking for a sounding board. Um, you're looking for somebody to help, you know, guide you through different changes or transitions. I think that's where you start when you're looking for a mentor. If you're just looking to get promoted and you're trying to use it as a status or clout to say you have a mentor, um, it's not usually going to be a very successful long-term relationship. Um, and it, for myself, it, you put a lot into it as a mentor. I think as a mentee, you should also put a lot into it. Um, I think in some cases, the mentee is the one that should spend more time because you're the one knowing what you want out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't expect the mentor to do more than you're doing yourself. And so I think that's where when people have asked and I've said no, it's because I think their motivators were incorrect. Now, other people I've said yes to, um, you know, is usually about something they wanted to develop. So one of the individuals that I still talk to this day, um, we've known each other probably about 10 years, just over 10 years. We just talked about that um, a month ago. Um, they still call me and ask and run things by. And it's more about sometimes what they think they're lacking or don't have enough ex- experience or knowledge set in a specific situation. Um, and so they'll still run it by, um, you know, and this happened to be something related to kind of the Me Too environment. And they were calling to see if my perspective of a situation that happened, did I think it was harassing? 
Did I think that they were in a hostile environment? And in this case, they weren't. It was more perception and tone. Um, some of it had to do with what was written in emails or text that, you know, somebody's capitals were all locked and they were taking it out of context, mm-hmm. but they found that, you know, off with, you know, walking through it versus making it more escalated and creating a, a very tense situation that didn't have to be. Yep. So sometimes it's simple things like that. And other times it's really skills about learning something else new within their career. Yep. So it sounds like, you know, the mentor, as you mentioned, either a coach or a consultant or, you know, that partnership back and forth, any of these roles, they're giving you their advice, their experience, they're really opening up to you and donating their time, which is amazing. So you should come in with intentions and respect for that time and and also a desire to actually learn from it. You know, I imagine even if I only wanted a mentor for the clout of that person, you know, they actually want me to have questions and be interested and excited to talk to them, right? Because they're they're donating their time. Absolutely. And it takes time. I mean, I think initially it's like anything else. It's, you know, any partnership, any relationship you're trying to build, unless you know that person very well, you're going to start off in very small baby steps. Sometimes it's just touching base. Um, you know, I say, if you really want to do that, you want to touch base with the person probably at least once a month. Um, as you build a rapport and there's something specifically you're working on, maybe it's every two weeks, but you know, at first it's just like, Hey, what are you working on? You know, what's your progress? What are you moving toward? Um, what are your goals? Things like that can be conversation breakers on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, to, so you start building that rapport and then you can figure out where it is. Now, if it's a situation where you're asking for a mentor for a specific project that you're working on, because you know, you need resources, be upfront and say that it may still morph into change into something else. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for partnerships or a mentor on a project when you're in an organization. It's something new, something different. Um, but make sure, again, you're putting effort on both sides because it does take time. And you yeah. can't expect, expect instantaneous results if you don't put the time in. Definitely. And for the effort on the mentee side, you listed a few questions. What are you working on? What are your goals? Um, what are some questions the mentee should be asking, or maybe should the mentee just be serving them information? Like here's an update on the thing we discussed last month. Like it's been going well. I I think it depends on where you're at it. If you're just starting to build that rapport, um, and at the end, we'll share some comments and links that you can go to that shows you some questions too. But I think as a mentee, if you're getting to know the person and you're in the same organization, I think it's different if you're in the same organization or somebody, you know, that you worked with before, maybe uh, a leader someplace else, or you've, heard them as a speaker. I mean, there's a variety of different ways you can approach somebody as a mentor. But I think some of the basic questions are, is, you know, you need to share and have an idea of what you're looking to get out of it. Are you looking for somebody that's going to be more of a coach and help support and encourage you? Are you looking for somebody that's going to be more of a consultant and provide resources and direction? Or are you looking long-term and really want to build a relationship or partnership with this person over a longer period of time in your career and be more of a collaborative? Mm-hmm. So I think when you know those answers for yourself and everybody's different, then have some questions in mind. So if it's somebody you want to do something long-term with more of a collaborator, um, one of the questions I've always asked some of my mentees, the people, and I've asked the mentors when I've been looking for them is, what would you tell yourself if you knew what you're doing today 10 years ago? Because it tells me something about what they felt like they need to learn. Mm Because I think we all want to learn. And I found that I've learned more as the mentor to my mentees and sometimes I've even learned from my mentors myself. Mm-hmm. So you, you learn from all angles. And I think that's where you start asking those questions. Um, you know, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? Um, those are some of the basic ones. But I think sometimes it's also, what do you want to learn more about? What do you wish you had stronger skill set in? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one of mine, which is kind of funny given that we're doing this, is I used to hate, hate standing up in front of people, which I do presentations 
like crazy now. I like doing workshops. Um, I like doing everything behind the scenes. Even as a leader, I didn't want to be front and center. I would write decks for people. I would make all their presentations and notes and everything else, but I didn't want to be the one presenting. Um, And I had somebody that was, I was mentoring who said, why aren't you presenting? Why aren't you doing more of this? And it was interesting to hear it from somebody else's perspective versus my mentors who had been saying it for a long time. You had to kind of switch that Mm -hmm. and change it around. And that's where you get some of that clarity. Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting. You had to have that outside perspective. Yes. And then did you go to your mentor and say, okay, you've been telling me to do this for years. I'm going to do it. How? (laughs) Yeah. And now they just laugh because, you know, they know I travel around the country sometimes making presentations and uh, giving workshops and being paid to do it. And, you know, I avoided it for a long, long time. Yeah. Do you see your mentors um, in person? You mentioned phone calls. Is it mostly digital? You know what? I think when we first started with either a mentor or a mentee, it was always face-to-face. Um, but I would say in this day and age, it's all evolved. Some of it's, um, it's less and less face-to-face. Um, you know, the person I've been, I consider my mentor that's been there for over 20 years, I haven't seen him in years. I mean, we talk on the phone, um, sometimes we'll FaceTime, but most of the time we just have a conversation um, live. So I think there's that live conversation. I will tell you, I'm not a fan as a mentor or as a mentee for text messages. I think a lot of things get lost in translation. Yes. For a quick question. Sure. It's great. But I think you need to have that verbal conversation, that dialogue, um, especially if you want something to be a sounding board and provide feedback or collaborate, you're not going to get all different perspectives if it's through, you know, 140 words. Yeah. Or characters. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so let's dive a little bit more into maintain, maintaining those strong relationships. You mentioned, you know, checking in from time to time. What other advice might you have for, for mentees, especially if they want to get to some of the long-term partnerships that you've developed? You know what? I think for mentees that want to have that relationship long-term, I think most of the effort at that point has to come from them. So, I mean, you need to set up a regular routine. Now, I will tell you the ones that I have had that I was the mentor for. Um, we had a very specific clock scheduled time. And sometimes we were internally at the same company and sometimes we weren't. You know, Tuesday at 10 o'clock, you know, so-and-so was going to call. And it was set up and it was their ownership to call. No, there's things that come up and that's where text messages comes in or emails say, hey, I got tied up in a meeting or I can't make it. But there was a set routine that the mentee owned with the mentor, okay? So that you could keep that dialogue and conversation going and bring up ideas. And I will tell you that most of them came with kind of a small agenda. Like, here's the things I want to talk about or here's the things I need help with or here's what happened since last time I talked to you. So almost like a mini progress report. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I required anything in writing. I have in organizations where we've had more of a formal mentorship program, had more of a formal... um, layout of sheets that the mentees had to fill out um, to keep people on track. But you don't have to have a formal mentorship program in your organization to have that type of relationship with individuals. But I think having a routine, whether it's going to be once a month, you know, once a quarter, Mm -hmm. um, I think once a year doesn't work. You're not going to get as much out of it on either side. And it's easy to forget about it and drop it off. It's kind of like visiting the dentist. You kind of forget, don't want to go do it, you know, or if you're really serious about it, you know, you have to spend the time. 
Yeah. You don't, you don't want your mentorship relationship to feel like the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> that's our big thing. I mean, that's feedback we've gotten when we were asked when people said, oh, we only meet once a year. I feel like I have to, I have to read this report. I have to clear everything I did in a year and they kind of dread doing it. And there's kind of a fear. Um, and you don't want people to be fearful of talking to their mentor. Yeah. Where people are sometimes fearful of the dentist. Yeah. So this monthly and quarterly uh, schedule, this is something you've not only experienced personally, but also at organizations where you've set up formal mentorship programs. Correct. It more effective. And I think the other thing to think about when you set up these timeframes is it's 50-50. So there's times where the mentor needs to be the one listening and hearing what the mentee is saying. But I think there's also times to make sure the mentee's listening to the person you requested to be your mentor or you were assigned, sometimes it's organizations where it's more formal, are you getting out of it what you want to? And I think sometimes that's the part that gets missed and building that relationship is listening to both sides. Yep, definitely. Um, so a question about that relationship we just got, how would you recommend someone handle a situation where the mentorship isn't going as planned, either a mentee or a mentor, and they possibly want to break off that relationship and how would they do that respectfully? Um, I think... I've done it. So I I can talk specifically in a situation where um, the relationship kind of just ran its course, if that made sense. We both got out of it what we wanted. I got the development I wanted from the mentor. Their time was getting more and more crunched. It just never worked. So even though we had a set up timeframe, they were tied up, they were busy. And I think it's okay to have that conversation, just say, you know what? Hey, I appreciate all the support you've given me. Um, I finished this project. This is where I'm at. I really need to focus on my work or I need to focus on this next project now. Um, I'd love love to reach back out to you if I have questions, but I think right now I'm good. Or is there anything else you need from me Mm -hmm. that you want to keep this going? So kind of make it both sides that both people could kind of exit out if they need to. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because there's times where it's only going to serve a purpose for a period of time. Um, there's a gentleman I can think of in my career when I first started working as a buyer. Um, he was my mentor for probably about six months. And after that point, it kind of just it ran its course. And I felt bad and I think he felt bad, but I was getting promoted. He wasn't. And so also went from being, he was kind of a senior level person and also now we're equals. And so it became very um, uncomfortable. Okay. And so it was easier to kind of just exit out you know, you can still be business partners. You're just not necessarily that mentee mentor relationship anymore. Yeah, definitely. And you also mentioned, you know, that mentor that you had that it would time had to run its course. They were pretty strapped for meeting time. Are there other signals that the mentee should look for that perhaps, you know, it's run its course and they can politely help the person have an exit? You know, I think sometimes it's even just more obvious than that. Sometimes it's just not personalities getting along. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like any relationship. It's not that you don't like each other. It's not that you don't get along. It just isn't working. Um, and sometimes another way to exit out of that is if you know it's something that they're not passionate about and it's an area that you need help on, ask them who they think you should talk to. Yep. And sometimes that's an easy way to transition it, especially if it's somebody within your own, own organization and you don't want to feel like you're offending them. Um, you know, see who else they think is a good resource. You're not dropping them necessarily, but you're going to somebody that may be more of a subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. that can help you with that more successfully and just thank them for it and say, okay, great. I appreciate you referring me over to X, Y, Z and then keep them updated. I mean, that's one of the things you can do as well as if you do move away from that person, but they referred you to somebody else, just kind of keep them in the loop once in a while, just mm-hmm. so that they know that we are not 
necessarily burning any bridges. You're not hurting anybody's feelings because you never know when things may shift and you want that person back in your circle more closely. Definitely. And along those same lines, another question as a mentee, how do you walk the line um, between knowing if you're overstepping boundaries in terms of time commitment? Um, I think the easiest one with that is just ask the question. What kind of time can you spend? Um, am I taking up too much of your time? Um, I think the easiest way to, to make sure you're not is keep it related to development and to business where people have a tendency to cross the line and people think they're taking up too much time and mentors get turned off or even mentees is when it gets too personal. Mm-hmm. And when people start talking about everything and everything except their goals or their aspirations and you know they're sharing gossip or they're sharing drama that's happening in the building or stuff outside of work, you know, and it's not to say you can't know something about people's activities outside of work, but you don't want your 30 minute conversation to be related to those items. Yeah, definitely. That's a a great indicator as well. I think just the substance of the conversations is what you originally wanted to get out of them. Yeah. And I think there's something wrong with also scaling back. So maybe your situation at the beginning, you're you're talking once a month and then you kind of went to every two weeks, but now, you know what, maybe it needs to be once a month or back to once a quarter because of where things are at. I don't think there's anything wrong with adjusting those as well based on your needs and theirs, what's going on. Definitely. And it sounds like just like with any relationship, perhaps relationship with your manager or just, you know, anyone in the workplace to be open and honest about your expectations and to check in on how things are going. And everybody gets busy. I mean, it's not where, you know, like I said, the woman that became my mentor at an organization that she'd been there a long time and I needed her resource. Her and I will go months without speaking just because of schedules and we both travel. Um, And then when we do catch up, we might be on the phone for three hours and we're like, how did we run on the phone for three hours? But we're just catching up on everything that was going on and what was happening. And then other times we'll talk every couple of weeks. And then again, it might be, you know, six months in between. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where if you have the relationship and it's strong and it's not a waste of time for either side, you can do that. Mm -hmm. So that was the other thing that I was so inspired by with this conversation. You've had mentors now in your life for 10 plus years um, how did, what was the tipping point? Like, tell me, how did you know this is going to be a long-term relationship? You know, this is the person who's, I'm going to have a great professional partnership with. You know what? I, I think part of it was, I never thought that they were, does that make sense? So I think it's one of those things where we work on it and talk through it all the time. So I think on both sides, we don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where, you know, it works. And so I don't necessarily know if there's a true tipping point. It's just that there's somebody that I think is worth having in my network. And I think there's a difference between just your network. We all have networks. We know lots of different people, but there's people that you really want to have as your sounding board, um, a close group and then the people that you can run things by or ideas by. And I knew, you know, probably shortly after I always trusted their opinion. I respected them. Um, Sometimes we don't, we definitely don't always agree, which I think is also sometimes important because you want somebody, you don't always want somebody that's going to agree with everything you think is your, a great idea. And you need that pushback. Like I said, you know, one of them said for ages, I should do presentations and training. And I kept saying, no, no, no. I write the training programs and write the curriculum, but I wouldn't necessarily execute it mm-hmm. um, myself. And so it's kind of funny. Sometimes you need that push and that balance that it's not all, you know, rosy, you know, perfect. Yep. How do you have a disagreement with your mentor? If they tell you to do something as their advice and you know, you trust them and you want to show that you value their time, but you don't do it. 
Oh, I, I think, I mean, I think you still have to make decisions for yourself. And sometimes it depends on what the disagreement's about. So uh, a recent, I'd say in the last two years, disagreement I've had with one of my mentors is uh, they think I should take a different direction in my career um, than what I'm doing right now. Um, they think I should be more specialized again versus more general. And so, but the, where they think I should specialize is not an interest in my, on my side at all. It's not something that gives me energy. Um, it's something they like doing. And, you know, they very much focus on that side of it, um, but it's not something I'm passionate about. So, and they respect it. They understand why we walk through it. I'm like, okay, you may really love this, but that's not an aspect of human resources I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I'll share it with the group. It's benefits. You know, yes, we all want benefits. They're great, but I don't necessarily want to negotiate. Spend my full-time day figuring out the best benefits and negotiating. I'd rather be around people. Mm-hmm. And they happen to like that part. They're very analytical. They want to see the best deals. Um, yes, I, I like shopping. I like best deals, but not necessarily when it comes to that aspect. I'd rather find the right people, develop them, the training side, where they don't really like the training. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where you kind of balance out, where you know you can agree to disagree because it's not the right fit. And that's, again, because you're not exactly the same. Definitely. But what I love there is you know them enough and respect them enough and walk through the topic enough that you were really able to even dissect it for us right now, right? Like tell us more about their personality and yours and where you see benefits fitting for them and maybe not you. Yeah, uh, and so- it takes time. I mean, it takes time and patience. You don't get that right away. And again, it goes back to what I said before. If I didn't listen to them and really know them and they didn't really know me, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to have that conversation to go, okay, yeah, you're right. You really don't like this aspect of you know, the role. Yes, you can do it, but it's not your favorite thing to do. Vice versa. It's, they love doing that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, they'll spend months on analyzing a report on benefits. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so as we all walk away from this, looking for our next mentorship relationship, either the mentee or the mentor, what are your takeaways for us? What do you want us to remember? I think the thing is, think about the three components of what a mentor could potentially be. And again, I think it's also not necessarily just, um, what you may want somebody, but what could you do for somebody else? I think that's something we forget about a lot. Um, And that's one thing that I've always tried to make a conscious effort of is I've had some really great mentors. So I want to make sure that I'm doing that back to somebody else and helping somebody else out. And sometimes it works for a period of time and you get them to a certain point and there's not a need for your skills or development of that person anymore. So really think about, do you want to be a coach? Do you want to be a collaborator down the road? Do you want to be a consultant with somebody that maybe just joined an organization? It doesn't necessarily have to be a supervisor that you see that comes on board that you're like, okay, they have great potential and they're not in my area, but I don't want to lose them in the organization. They could be an asset long-term. Is it somebody you can mentor? And I think that's what we forget about sometimes. It doesn't have to always be manager to manager or manager to supervisor. Um, you can mentor at any level and you can mentor lots of different people. I think that's one thing to think about. And then also when you're thinking about it for yourself and you're looking for the mentorship yourself is be honest about the reasons. If you know you just need help on a project, say that. I need help with this. Or do I need clarity about the role and how it fits into the organization and how it's evolving, especially with all the change management things that happen within organizations? Or do you want somebody that's a sounding board? say that? Or do you need somebody as a resource to understand how the company sets because you're something new? I think if you are upfront about those things, um, it'll work and it'll work on both sides. But I think the key is you have to listen. You have to put in the time. You have to be patient because it's not going to happen the first time. The first time you have a conversation, the second time, you may not get out of it exactly what you want or thought you wanted, but that's where you have to have that dialogue with them to say, Hey, you know what? I was looking for this. What are you looking for? Um, and put in the time. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. So the, the first one we didn't even touch on, but it's so important, you know, the pay it forward piece. So, so make sure if we're out there being mentees that we also look for opportunities to be mentors and, and pay it forward to others. Um, so important. And then for our second, be clear about your intentions. I think it's one of my favorite things that you said in the beginning, know what you actually want out of this relationship and be clear with that person. And then Lastly, it's a relationship with another person. I always like to say people can be challenging. So, you know, be patient, have time, listen, um, all great things. So thanks so much. Any other final thoughts? One other thing I'd like to say, and I think this is where I think we sometimes forget, is we talk about all the different movements. Everybody can be mentored. Um, I will tell you that most of the mentors I've had in my career have been male. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that males will mentor male or females but I don't always see a lot of females mentoring anybody. And we have a huge opportunity to do that. And I think, you know, it's been more of a culture in a lot of organizations for the males to be the mentor. Um, but it, again, it doesn't have to be managers always. It doesn't have to, it can be a supervisor mentoring a new hire coming in um, and bring them on board male or female. And I think that's the opportunity that we need to do better to continue to develop and grow everybody and not necessarily create little clubs or cliques and, um, especially when it's organizations that don't have a formal mentor program, mm -hmm. you know, do it for the right reasons. You both learn something out of it and it helps the organization and it helps yourself. I love it. That's great. Let's, let's end on a piece of inclusivity. That's perfect. So I hope everyone listening is inspired to either go find a mentor if you've never had one um, or more importantly, what Sarah just said, which is open yourself up to, to be a mentor yourself and to anyone maybe outside of your, your normal circle. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. And hopefully we'll get to have you back again in the future. Um, we will post in the comments section, uh, Sarah's website at Tipping Point, where we'll have links to everything in the comments, as well as some quotes and some things for you to follow up on. Um, we'll also have her LinkedIn so you can follow up with her if you want to learn more. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Head over to levelingup.co to join our newsletter and to find past episodes.